Christy. Yes. How you doing? Good. So, Christy, I wanted to start talking with you about, well, a few things uh, that, that really stand out to me with respect to your work. But we're in a weird time right now where it seems like it's natural that, that there's a natural lack of confidence right now. And understandably yeah. so. And, and I was wondering, how are you overcoming that, that lack of, of confidence that whenever it washes over you in, in times like this? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, it's interesting what you bring up with what we're going through right now. It might be magnified right now. And I think certainly people are dealing with problems they've never dealt before in, in a whole new way in our world and our culture. But this idea of fear or anxiety is not new, right? Like we, we have, we have faced things in our life that, um, make us scared, things that we can't control, um, things that are overwhelming that bring us stress. You know, we have that at different stages of life and different things that we face. And so I think that if people can understand first and foremost, that fear is normal, then it a little bit takes the pressure off your shoulder to have it all together. You know, I help women a lot of times with businesses and they think, well, you know, I'm, I'm scared. So that must mean I shouldn't do it. You know, I shouldn't start this business or I shouldn't uh, apply for that promotion or I shouldn't, you know, do this next thing that I'm excited about because I'm scared because if I was supposed to do it, I wouldn't be scared. And they're like waiting for this moment of fearlessness. And what I try to help people understand is that fear is a normal part of the journey. You're scared because you've never done it. You're scared because it's new. You're scared because it's different. You're scared because it ca you care. And so fear is not a bad sign you're doing a sign you're doing something bad. It's a sign you're doing something bold. And that is a good thing. And so I think when we first acknowledge that, yes, fear is normal, it doesn't have to disqualify us. We don't have to wait until we're not scared to do the thing we want to do. We just do it scared. And so if people are waiting to feel 100% confident before they launch the blog or do a Facebook Live or start the business or ask that girl out or whatever the thing is, then that feeling may never come. They may never feel fearlessness. But what I love to help people do is help them do it scared. You mm. actually take action. The antidote to fear is action. But what's amazing is that that's where your confidence is built because it's nothing will silence your fear of doing the thing, like doing the thing. So go do the thing. But after you do the thing, you're like, oh my gosh, I did the thing. And your shoulders are back and your head is high. And you're like, maybe I can do it again. Let me give you a silly example. This is a really silly example, but it's about confidence. Cool. So a few weeks back, I was at the lake with my husband and I didn't grow up on the lake and I'm not a, a big boat person. This is only in recent, you know, a uh, year, a couple of years that I've been, I've tried water skiing a few times. I've maybe done it 10 times my whole life. So my husband and I are, are skiing. He's, he's driving the boat. I'm skiing behind the boat, water skiing. And I decide to drop a ski, like where you, you kick your foot out of one of the water skis and place it behind your other foot. So you're slalom skiing on one ski. So I decided wow. to try it. Of course, I fell a couple times, but then on the fourth or fifth time I stayed up. Well, the whole rest of the day I was beaming. I, I, I was so, I just kept replaying it in my mind. Like, I can't believe I did that. Now, no one saw me. This was not like the, the, you know, I'm going to become an Olympic gold medalist at this. It's not impressive. It's not, it's not even necessarily important, but it was something about surprising myself that I did something I didn't know I could do. And what I would encourage your listeners to think about is when you do something you didn't know you could do, your brain's next logical thought is what else can I do? that I'm not aware of. And you start going for bigger and better things and you start dreaming bigger and better dreams and you create a bigger and better life and your confidence grows and your life grows all because you did something new. You did something scared. So I would say it's not so much in our circumstances that we find fearlessness or confidence. It's in doing things that we didn't know that we could do that that confidence grows and fear has less of a hold on us. 
Now, I feel like we conflate confidence and arrogance sometimes. Yeah. Maybe you can maybe you can help me make a distinction between the two. Yes, people people use these interchangeably and and it's unfortunate because confidence is actually a very positive word. If you look up the definition of confidence, if you look up um, the synonyms for confidence, it's like strength, boldness, um, tenacity, uh, perseverance. It has so many great words that are all positive attributes. And I think for me, um, the way that I kind of frame confidence is it's not so much that I'm 100% positive everything's going to work out. It's not that I'm 100% fearless and certain I'm going to be successful. It's just that I'm willing to try. Mm. I'm willing to try and fail and I'm willing to try and see if I can succeed. And so if you have the confidence to try, to show up, to drop the ski, to ask the girl out, to launch the blog, start the business, if you just have the, the willingness to try, your confidence will become authentic as you face your fear and do those things. So I don't think it's, an, it's a um, message of self-centeredness conceitedness, pride, ego, thinking you're better than anybody else? No, certainly not. It's just you're willing to go for it. You're willing to risk and put yourself out there and try and show up. And a lot of times that can make a huge difference. And arrogance is is what then? You know, thinking you're better than, than everyone else or, or, mm. or thinking you know, a posture of entitlement. You know what I mean? Like wow. I, I'm owed this. I'm better than people. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I just, I just think I'm willing to, to try some stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm actually willing to fail. And I think there's also, you know, when you start to look at um, confidence, confidence is such an amazing quality that opens doors in so many areas of your life. So, for example, I hope my kids have confidence because if they have confidence, they're willing to withstand peer pressure. They're not going to let other kids push them around. They're not going to let other uh, people take advantage of them you know, or, or get into bad stuff if they have the confidence to be different, the confidence to, um, stand up for themselves. And so I think, you know, even in relationships, you think about in a marriage, you approach your marriage differently when you're confident, you, you perceive conversations differently when you don't have a chip on your shoulder of insecurity. Your, your, your mother-in-law doesn't respond to your text. If you're insecure, you're thinking, well, see, she didn't like me. I knew she never liked me. If you're confident, you're like, oh, she's probably busy. I'll catch up with her later. Yeah. It's just, it, it's being comfortable in your own skin. It's being okay with you. And, and I think that those qualities, man, it's not only great for you in your life, but when you're, when you're around people, you invite other people to do the same. You invite other people to be comfortable in their skin. You invite other people to be okay. You, you, you encourage other people to try and go for bigger things. And so it's actually a really beautiful life-giving quality, I think. I like that analogy of, of confidence opening up doors. And it seems like in a way, arrogance would, would shut the, those doors. And, and that, that's why we can't confuse the two, because if we do, um, we may inadvertently be, be arrogant in a time that calls for, for confidence. Let me, let me talk to you about, um, you know, you mentioned fear a moment ago, and I know you also you help a lot of people when it comes to starting a business, but right now it seems like a terrible time to start a business. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to talk to you about why that might not be true. Well, 
let's be honest. It depends on the type of business. It's a great time to start a mask business. It's a great time to start a meal delivery business. It's a terrible time to start a cruise business. Okay. So it depends on the type of business that you're trying to start. I do think that we've, we're in a, a landscape right now where there are very real limitations where you are having to get creative and innovative and think outside of all the boxes um, our world has been put in right now. Certainly that is a practical reality. But when it comes to starting a business, as a world, we have a need for businesses. We have a need for people showing up and serving the marketplace. We have problems that we need solved through businesses. And so if you are starting a business right now, the things that I would encourage you, or if you're kind of toying with the idea, the things that I would encourage you is find a way to start small, find a way to have very low risk, very low cost, very low upfront investment, low overhead, low commitment, all of that. Because times are so uncertain, I want you to validate your idea and 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 not have a ton of risk there. But if you're starting a business, just find something that meets a felt need. Find something yeah. that can help people. And, and there are plenty of things going on right now um, where people are getting creative and innovative and starting businesses, even specifically out of the pandemic, they're coming up with businesses that are meeting needs um, as we're as a culture trying to adapt. I'll give you an example. I was just talking to um, my neighbor just yesterday, and this wasn't a business idea, but it could be. She said, I'm, you know, a lot of schools aren't going back. I'm thinking about working with my church to see if we can open up a room in the church and I would facilitate um, virtual learning for some of the church members' families for a few hours a day to give the moms a break. It's not full homeschool. It's not full school, but it's just a service I could provide. Now, mm-hmm. that's not a business, but she could she could easily do that at a community center, charge for it, and that is a business. That meets a felt need right now where moms are like, I need help. So so I think it actually it just depends on what type of business you start. You start but, you know, all business is during any landscape or environment is solving problems. That's what we do. We solve problems and there are a lot of problems right now. So it actually can be a great time to start a business just knowing which problem you want to solve. Yeah. Too often, I feel like people start a business to earn money and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm certainly not allergic to money, but but good businesses make money. Great businesses make a difference. And, and, and they do that by, by helping people aggressively solve their problems. And guess what? If we're in a time of crises, that, then of course there's going to be problems. In fact, there are even more problems now. And so right. in, a, in a way, it seems to me that uh, if, if there are more problems now, then there are also more opportunities to, to help people with their problems. And you can do that with your business. Uh, right. I want to I want to talk to you about controlling the controllables and and trying to let go of the uncontrollables. You know, as a minimalist, our our, our whole uh, minimalist philosophy has to do with letting go being a, a superpower in a way. And I think too often we get you know the fear and the anxiety. Often uh, we get wrapped up in that because we're 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 seeking control. We always want to control everything around us, but many of the things that are around us we can't control, and that's where the the anxiety and the despair uh, invades our life. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think one of the things that is important to remember is that a lot of the things that give us stress, many of them are seasons. It's not forever. And so I'll tell you one of the things that I've, I've been guilty of, um, you know, before, and I've started to identify this pattern in my life. I would look around me to my situation or my season, and I would make a statement uh, of, about my identity. So let me give you an example. I have three kids under age six. 
my house is always just chaos. I mean, it's loud, <laughs> it's chaotic. It doesn't matter how much I clean. Amazingly, they can mess up faster than I can clean. Oh it, it's gosh. like, a, so, so what I had to identify is if I look at my house or my life at home, I would naturally think my house is a mess. I'm a mess. Wow. And what I need to remind myself is I am not the season I'm in. My kids are little and they make a mess, but I am not a mess. There will be a day when those kids don't even live there and I would give anything to be stepping on Legos because I'd love to have them home. This is a season of my life. It's not who I am. And I think where we are in our world, this is a season of difficulty at home and in work. And we can remind ourselves that, yes, there's a lot you can't control, but this is a season. This will not be forever. It would school will not look like this forever. God willing, my words to God's ears. Like this will not, this is a season of difficulty. And I think when you realize that there it's a season, then you can find the strength and motivation and courage to get through that season, to to separate yourself from the season you're in and not feel like it's a statement of your identity, of your you're failing or you're not this. The other thing I would say around controlling the controllables is is I, you know, one of the things I see a lot, and I struggle with this is in addition to we try to control things that we can't control, we also just try to control everything simultaneously. So, mm. so you know, we have a real, uh, a lot of the women that I work with, we struggle to prioritize. So we want everything perfect all the time. We want the house to be perfect. We want to look perfect. We want the kids to be perfect. We want to, you know, have a perfect meal and home cooked it, like all the things all the time. Like I probably could have a clean house if I just worked at it hard enough, but then I'd never have any time playing with my kids. So I actually intentionally choose to control what I want to control, which is I want to control spending my time after work and playing with my children. I choose that. I'm not going to try to control everything. I'm not going to try to do everything. I tell people all the time, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So choose what you want to control. Choose what you want to prioritize, spend your time on, focus on, and then intentionally choose, like you said, to let those other things go. And when you let those other things go, you don't feel like a victim to them. You're not constantly reminded of how you're failing. Instead, you're saying, no, I'm choosing to let those things go because my priority is over here instead. Christy, that's a, a great place to end it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.